0: I'm your host, Ros Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. Hi, sisters. I am so excited to be talking with you all this week. The podcast is coming out a little bit later than normal as I did not get a chance to record last week. We were so busy and then yesterday I got to mommy literally all day. And so of course when I have the baby um, to myself without my husband I don't get to sneak away as often to get to do some work time So I'm really excited to be recording this episode Because today was actually the day that I announced my class The four reasons why self-sabotage and procrastination Might be causing you to struggle with discipline, productivity, and fulfillment And so I'm really excited to now be like fully on saying it on social media. As I know, I've been saying it to you all over the last couple of weeks and I cannot believe that it's the last day of January. If I had to give y'all like a quick reflection of January, as I've talked about on the podcast this month, just easing into the year, I told you all, I think at the beginning of the year that my word for, for 2022 was surrender. And Even as I'm going to be talking in this episode about just planning ahead and the value of planning ahead, I've realized that God has a funny way of just reminding me that I don't have a lot of control. And as hard as it is to describe, this year is really going to be me relinquishing control over everything that I that I can plan for can see ahead for can try to work for I've been talking to a lot of friends lately about performance and feeling as though you can perform or do things for God to love you and the more and more and more I've reflected on it the more and more I realize just how little control I have and also just understanding deeper that there's not anything more I can do to be loved by God. And I've seen that play out over this month. Um, and it's hard to describe because it's very uncomfortable. Um, And I don't know for most people if like feeling the love of God is an amazing feeling. But I also think that when you are trying to rationalize and really deeply grapple and hold on to God loving you without you doing anything extra from someone who is extremely ambitious and you know made always in school and all those things there's a very much so connection with achievement there's a connection with the results there's a connection with feeling as though if I'm accomplishing something I'm doing good especially in the world we live in where on social media there isn't a lot of discussion of the bad times. And I feel like, especially on TikTok, and I just love TikTok, by the way, there's a very much so rawness of what it looks like to hurt. And even though people may only put out probably a limited amount of that, I think for me, learning how to accept the uncomfortability of God loving. you. I was talking to a friend the other day and I was telling her just how much it is uncomfortable to really walk in the fullness and freedom of Christ because you don't have to do anything. And it's so hard to comprehend at times. But the more and more this year is going on, I'm grabbing it. So as I'm talking about that with planning ahead, I'm gonna talk to y'all in very practical ways. But for me, this is a this is gonna be a constant thing of remembering that there's nothing I can plan that's going to take God's hand over my planning. And so as an encouragement to you, yes, you know, I'm going to talk about productivity. Yes, I know then believe that I've been put in this position to teach this and share this with women and share what this feels like. But I also want you all to remember that there is literally not an amount of control that you have that can take God's place. Um, it's so hard to say because I think we worry more than we really lean on God for that but the more and more I've just kind of come to terms with understanding that the favor of God is real, it helps me in my planning to leave room for him to be flexible and be in my life and be just even more in control of what I do. And so kind of like a segue in, into the value of planning ahead. I re, I'm going to give you a story time. I remember December of 2021, I was, I had just um, taking my licensure exam, uh, that month prior in November. And when December was coming around, I've been a f- in full-time entrepreneurship since last year, July of 2021. And I was just really struggling in trying to figure out what I was doing in my business. And I remember going to guy, I went on like a five day fast and the Lord told me to plan for the year. Now I don't, this is what he told me. In instances to say, I've never really, even though I'm a planner, I don't plan that far because I recognize that when I don't have, again, that much control, but also it's, it becomes extremely overwhelming for me to plan that far. And for me, if I don't quote unquote, accomplish this thing by this certain time that I have put, I found habitually, I've basically kind of just thrown the whole day, week, month away And I think what God was trying to show me that in a business, for business, whether you have a side hustle or not, it's important to plan ahead. And so I learned this as a value point, not only for my business, but I saw the value of it personally because I am one person that, if I'm being transparent, my emotions can kind of take over. Um, And I'm learning to navigate through the murky water of emotions and what's real and what's not like what's me just feeling something in the moment or what is me making a decision to kind of just stay in this place and then working through that in your mental health can be really challenging if you are someone that um you know just is trying to navigate through uncomfortability and not trying to stay perfect and not walk in perfectionism because most perfectionists like myself in the past have this problem with staying boxed into what you know instead of really taking chances on what you don't and so because of that pushing to and pushing up to uncomfortability or something that pushes you to uncomfortability can be challenging and so with this planning ahead it gives me the ability to be flexible but also really be able to see that on days where I'm really emotional I can still be disciplined and follow through. so I'm going to give you five reasons why it's valuable to plan ahead. These are my own personal um, tips. I didn't really look this up. I, I really wanted to give you all just a matter of really looking at scheduling and looking at planning is important because regardless of what you think or not, when you don't really have a plan, you don't really have any direction. And then I'm going to give you some tips. I have six of them. So just get you started and things that you could do to start the process. So first, um, why is it important to plan ahead? Well, in my opinion, and what I've seen multiple times from clients is that planning ahead gives you the ability to foresee and forecast. So if you look at something, let's see if you have a birthday party coming up and you know it's on Saturday, the 27th. You know that you have to be there at three o'clock. You can already foresee and forecast what your day for Saturday needs to look like because you already have something in a schedule or already um, put on your planner or your calendar or whatever. So because planning ahead helps you foresee and forecast, you can already then begin to depict what your days look like because of this ability to see ahead of time. The second reason it's valuable to plan ahead is it creates accountability and deadlines. So the same thing I talked about with this birthday party, when you have some layer of accountability and a deadline, you know that up to a certain point in your day on Saturday, you have to be at a certain place. So it creates this um, urgency to get certain things done and done for whatever you have to do to get to where you need to be. Same situation for planning ahead. When you plan ahead, let's say you need to, Um, go to this meeting or you need to grocery shop on Thursday evening, or you need to create some ability to go to the gym at five o'clock on Wednesday. Like you have another layer of accountability. Um, And uh, in Atomic Habits, James Clear actually talks about this and it's called uh, something intentions, but he talks about how you're more likely to follow through with something when you have a day and a time next to it. The third reason is it keeps idle time away. And I see this so often for clients. But what happens is, is we're not used to understanding that we can have like, for example, I had a grad school student um, that was a client of mine. She had two open days in the week where she didn't have classes. So she didn't really plan anything. And she was like, I have these days where I don't have anything to do but I find I get nothing done. And what happens is, is when you have no planned time, your idle time becomes just fleeting time that passes you by. That's why people say, I wish there were more hours in the day because you end up procrastinating a lot of that time because you don't really have anything to look forward to, to do and get done. So planning ahead keeps idle time away. The fourth reason is when you are really, uh, with the value of planning ahead is most of the time people keep everything in their heads people who don't write things down or if you're overwhelmed a natural practice for you mentally might be to just hold everything in your mind because it might be overwhelming to write everything down or see it in front of you but in all actuality as human beings we think thousands of thoughts in a day And so when you have one thought of, I need to clean this, and then within the next second, you have a thought of, oh my gosh, we need to get butter from the grocery store. And then within the next second, you're thinking, I need to pay rent. Then the next second, you're thinking about an email you have to send. And the next second, you're thinking about something that you left at someone's house. Imagine five thoughts in a matter of two minutes and that happening constantly, And so when you don't write things down to keep everything in your head, it gets lost in the array. I don't even remember what I just said a couple seconds ago. And so immediately those things can get lost. And so when you don't write it down, you don't have an outward perspective or an external perspective of actually what needs to get done. So I always tell clients, don't keep everything in your head, write it down so that you can be able to um, refer back to it. And then last and not least... Another value of planning ahead is you give space for readjustment. So for me, as I plan the year out, I plan down to the time I'm going to spend on certain things on my calendar. But it also helps me to readjust things. So when things don't get done, I can move things around in my schedule in my week. But also it helps me to really be able to see, OK, that doesn't work. So I talk a lot to clients about gravitating to what works for them. So for me, I'm a fully on digital, digital planner. I don't use any paper for anything. I usually only have post-it notes for keeping um, up with prayers or things I want to like remind myself that I can stick somewhere. But most of the time, everything that I do is either in my phone, on my iPad or my computer. I don't carry paper. I don't carry journals. That took some time to transition to and not to say like digital planning is the best, it's not really about the planner you use, it's not about the system you use, it's really about you following through and knowing what works for you. And so really understanding this has helped me when I've created a schedule or some, some way of doing some form of a habit. I'm a I'm more likely to be able to readjust because I know what does and doesn't work. And the same thing goes for clients. I had a client who was once telling me about how she does things and I gave her some suggestions she was like well I tried it and that didn't work for me so we're able to make adjustments based on that specifically so all oh, this isn't overwhelming let me get into the tips to give you all just an ability to kind of have some wherewithal of how you can start this out with what I talked about especially if you are already a planner so I want to talk to you really quickly about starting each day fresh and even starting over. So this was really interesting. Um, however, I know I don't work a traditional nine to five. So you have to find the way that works best for you. And I'll give you two sides of this. So the first tip is start each day fresh or even starting over. So I'll give this to you from my perspective now. And then I'll tell you some things I did in the past. So mornings are my, my thing. But lately, I will say, I have not been a morning person, quote unquote. Like, I have been getting up around six every day I don't know what is happening sis but I used to get up like around five and I've been going to bed at a good time but for some reason my body is just not like waking up like fresh like in a fresh way <laughs> in the morning time it's so strange it's, super, it's really a hard adjustment and I'm finding that I get my groove going pretty much towards mid-morning afternoon and so i this used to be me where I would like beat myself up of not getting up at five in the morning and just being like oh my god my day is gone completely but I have really really have adopted this mindset of starting each day fresh so no matter what time I get up and start moving I really look at the day as a fresh day each day no matter what it is it, it doesn't even really matter however even if I might have wasted the morning away, um, because again, like I told you, I work as a full-time entrepreneur, so I don't have a set schedule. However, there is work to be done. I'm starting over in the day. So like today, for example, you know, usually on Mondays, I go really slow. I spend a lot of time with God. i pretty much trying to take my time. I have a call with my accountability partner on Mondays. So my morning time are really, is really like free-flowing, so I started my day over at 11:30, took a shower, brushed my teeth, like started the day over completely and then got into the work day. It's around one now and I feel like I'm getting in the groove of actually doing work. So if you find that you are kind of slowing down in the day or like your morning's going slow, you're finding you're not motivated, start the day over no matter if it's like two o'clock, three o'clock I did this last week. I got this idea from one of my really good friends and it was really helpful. But also, if you are someone that works a job, one of the things I used to do because I used to have to be at work at 730 in the morning and we would leave around three ish um, is midday or mid morning. I would always have a midday walk, whether that was walking around my building, walking outside, leaving the actual building and driving off property to just go somewhere, grab lunch, grab whatever and come back. And that midday break was like a, also a reset. The other thing I did was I changed my work environment often where I was. I worked in a school and I was a counselor. So I had the freedom to kind of move around. I didn't have a set office, but I was able to like get up, go to another room and do work. And the change of environment was so, so helpful. Then sometimes I even switched up where I started my day. So it gave my brain just not this routineish kind of this monotonous way of doing things always the same every day. So I give that suggestion often to clients, um but it's really really helpful. The second thing is to write everything down. I talked about this earlier, but tip to just write things down. Don't feel like you have to keep everything in your head and you're going to be overwhelmed, but you're going to be more overwhelmed when you don't write things down, okay? Number 3. Keep your emotions in mind, but also don't keep your emotions in mind. So I say this for two reasons. Sometimes our emotions can actually really be um, the thing that is paralyzing us. And you have to know for yourself, especially for our people in counseling, what are some practical ways that you can check out of your emotions and get into it. Um, but sometimes your emotions might be something you really have to deal with. So if you are um, struggling with depression and you find that you really are struggling with depression Instead of avoiding it, you have to address that head on because you won't feel or be able to start making those moves towards things that you want if you are dealing with this layer of depression. And I say that with a very humble heart of not in a sense of there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong in a sense of you having this moment where you might be having and struggling with some things because as a new mom, as, people, as as a person who has also had friends that might have struggled with depression, it's a real thing. And so sometimes you really do have to address that to be able to start making strides and steps towards some of the things you want. And that's okay if you give yourself the time and the grace for that. It's not a bad thing to deal with this side of what you might be feeling mental health-wise. It's also an important thing because if you don't deal with it, it can turn into some other things that might be detrimental if not dealt with, okay? Number four, self-sabotage can make you procrastinate. So I talk about this all the time. Sometimes when we're making strides towards things we want or things we're actually doing, we get the momentum and then we immediately feel, oh, this is too good to be true. Oh, this is actually really uncomfortable. Oh my goodness, I don't know. Maybe this won't work. And we immediately retract which causes us to procrastinate and actually put off things, which makes us procrastinate. And so really what this comes down to is self-sabotage, which is what I talk about often. Self-sabotage is not just imposter syndrome. Like I've talked about that before. It's really a layered thing of multiple reasons. And so really being mindful of this can help you understand it more so that when you feel like you start to procrastinate, you can identify it faster. Number five, which is one of my favorite tips I always give is the five minute rule. So if you're somebody that struggles with avoidance or procrastination, start a timer and start working on the thing you're avoiding for five minutes. What you'll find is two things. You'll either get it done or you'll get into the groove of actually working on it that you can then actually start getting it going and you can work on it a little bit longer. But this five minute rule kind of tricks your brain into starting the process of doing it instead of actually completely avoiding it. And then number six, prioritizing helps. I always say this, sometimes we're like, I have too many things going on, I have too many things coming due or all of this. How can you pick the lowest hanging thing? What's the one thing in front of you that you can pull off of that you can do very quickly that can get you started and get you going, okay? So if these tips were helpful, if you enjoyed the podcast, definitely check out um, the link in the show notes for you to be able to join the free class that I'll be having next Thursday, February 10th. If you're listening to this podcast and the, uh, and the class is already passed, there will be a link where you can watch the replay um, and you can join the wait list for the next time that I do the class. That is all for this week, y'all. I love you so much. If you have an extra 60 seconds and you're listening on Apple iTunes, go ahead and scroll down to the bottom of your um, phone on the podcast app and leave me a quick review. It always warms my heart when i read that you all love the podcast so that's all for this week i love you and we'll talk soon everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it